Hello, this is Eva Evangelou from Limassol Sports Massage. Welcome to my podcast, Eva Evangelou's Wellness Tips. In today's episode, I want to talk about how we rehabilitate a knee injury. What are the things that we need to look for to see if we're making progress? And what are the practical things that we can do to help us on our way? I'm actually nursing a severely torn medial meniscal cartilage, and I have been looking after it for the last 12 years or so but recently it's been a little bit worse again and so it's time to rehabilitate once more. I've done quite well over the years, in fact I've actually run three full marathons and my knee was quite okay during that period of time. I think recently I've become a little bit lazy with stretching and looking after my own knee so it's time to go back to basics. So I thought I'd share some of these tips with you today too. I'd like to point out that it's important to seek medical help before sports massage therapy. So do go and see an orthopaedic surgeon for an assessment and possibly an MRI scan if needed or a physiotherapist so that you can have some tests done and you can find out what might be wrong with your knee and what your options are. Sports massage therapy can be very useful, but it is important to seek this medical help first. So what do we actually check for when we're looking at our knee health? And how do we see if our rehabilitation program is going well? First of all, we need to check to see whether we can kneel and sit on our heels. We should all be able to kneel down after all. We must also check pain levels and it's useful to use a pain scale rating to do so. We can look at the extension of the knee. Can the knee extend fully? What about the VMO? Does it have good enough tone? Is there inflammation? Is the patella tracking well? Is the patella dislocated? Are there any tight spots or general tightness in the quadricep muscles? Do we need to release the muscles of the general hips and the legs in general? What about the glutes? Do they have good muscular tone? What activity are you able to do? Which therapies have you tried? Have you seeked medical help? Have you had an assessment or an MRI? These are all the things that we can look into when we're tracking the health of our knee. it's very useful to check to see if we can kneel down. So pop something soft onto the ground, kneel down on top of it and see if you can sit back on your heels. 
If this isn't possible because of pain or restriction, you can pop a small cushion under your thighs and see if that helps you sit back on your heels. If it's still too painful, you could try popping a pillow under your thighs. This should help bridge the gap a little bit more. If this still isn't comfortable for you, then you can hang on to a sturdy piece of furniture to support some of your body weight as you sit back on your heels. This activity is a good thing to practice throughout your rehabilitation program. It's a good sign and gauge as to what kind of progress you might be making. Now let's talk about pain levels. As I mentioned earlier, it's very important to track our pain levels over a period of time. A good tip is to write down your pain rating using a scale of zero to 10 in your diary every day. 10 will be the most pain you've ever experienced and zero would be no pain at all. So this gives us a good idea as to whether what we're doing is causing us any more pain or whether what we're doing is actually helping. It's useful to look at pain scale ratings on a daily basis and over a period of time. Sometimes some of the things that we do that aggravate our knee could actually manifest one or two days after the activity that's aggravated our knee has taken place. So popping this kind of rating into your diary is very useful because you'll then also see your activities for that day too, which gives you more information about what's going on and how it's affecting your knee health. It's also important to check to see if it's possible to extend the knee fully. That means to straighten the knee completely. If you sit down on the ground with your knees fully extended, you can compare the two knees together, the left and the right leg. Is the affected knee able to extend as fully as the healthy knee. There are various things that can stop the extension of the knee and it could be something mechanical happening inside the knee. For instance, there could be a piece of cartilage that's obstructing the knee from its full extension. And it might not even be possible to improve the extension if the mechanical damage is extensive but we must still continue trying to extend the knee and we may also find once inflammation levels reduce the knee is able to extend fully and it also might be the case that once the hamstrings are released the knee will be allowed to extend better so as the therapy progresses and the rehabilitation program is practiced regularly, 
we may well find that extension of the knee improves dramatically. We need to make sure that the tone of our VMO is good. The VMO is the vastus medialis muscle. If the VMO tone is good, it can help to anchor the kneecap in a good position. The kneecap has a lot of support laterally from the vastus lateralis and the iliotibial band, but there's not so much medial support going on. So it's very important to make sure that the VMO has good muscle tone. If the VMO is not built up enough or if it has atrophied because of the knee injury, which is often the case, the kneecap can start to be pulled off of its track. It can even become dislocated. So what are the exercises we can do to keep the VMO strong? We can do wide leg squats, we can do leg presses, and we can do pistol squats. I've also found that cycling has helped build up my VMO muscle too. But please don't do any strengthening exercises until inflammation and pain are under control. It's not a good idea to build strength when there's lots of inflammation or pain present for obvious reasons. So once these are under control, we can go ahead and try and build up the VMO. I now want to talk about inflammation. Inflammation is a, a very interesting topic at the moment because some of the newer research is indicating that maybe we don't want to control inflammation because it's part of the healing process. But for me, in my experience personally and within my sports massage clinic, controlling the inflammation has been key in helping a person to recover from knee issues. If we don't control this inflammation, particularly inflammation that's been present for a long time, we may well find that the biomechanics of the knee are altered, so the movement patterns are altered, and not just in the knee, but further along the chain, perhaps in the hip area too. So we could also find that the knee joint is not moving optimally because the fluid that's retained there is obstructing the movement in the joints. So how do we know inflammation is present? Well, we've got to do a little assessment. So we need to compare the two knees together. Is there any visible inflammation? Does the joint look swollen? Does the knee area, should I say, look swollen? Is there any heat? So touch the area, compare the two sides. Does it feel warmer one knee than the other? How about if we press into and around the knee, is there some kind of indentation left where we've applied some light pressure indicating some fluid in the tissue? Is there any sponginess or bogginess around the knee? I know this was one of the markers that was spotted in my knee when I first started to have my own meniscal tear issues within my knee. So once we've compared the two sides and we've identified that inflammation is present, what can we do about it? Well, we could use some kind of cold compress. So we could take a pack of frozen peas 
and we can wrap them in a cold wet tea towel to help conduct any of the coldness from the frozen peas. Frozen peas are particularly good because they conform to the shape of the knee but do not allow whatever you're using to ice to go the entire way around the knee because we don't want to obstruct any of our circulation which is very important. You might also like to look at any access to walking in water. In Cyprus we're lucky because we have access to the sea the whole year round and there are many many swimming pools here too. So why is walking in water so good? Well it has a three-fold effect. There's a compression effect, the action of the coldness of the water and the walking in the water helps the soleus muscle to send fluid back up towards the heart. So walking in water is particularly valuable in helping to control any inflammation in the knee joints. We can also look at using other methods of cooling such as ice packs, ice or cold compresses but with these methods especially the ones involving anything that's frozen you must make sure that you use a damp tea towel around the ice pack or around the bag of ice because you don't want to get any burn injuries particularly from ice packs which you could well find stick to the skin and traumatize the tissue so in my opinion the best cold pack you can use is a pack of frozen peas because of the ability of these to conform to the shape of the knee but just make sure that you don't go the entire way around the knee and how long should we ice for for an area as small as the knee you don't really want to ice for more than 10 minutes at a time and you if you want to repeat this you must make sure that the tissue recovers in between treatments so the color of the tissue should have returned to normal and the tissue should not be excessively cold and it should not be changing color if that's possible for you to tell to make sure the tissue is recovered then you can repeat the icing throughout the day I'm not so keen on any of the portable ice cold packs that you might get in first aid packs or the cold sprays that you can often find in first aid packs. Um, I'm sometimes a little worried that the frozen sprays might cause some issue with the tissue and regardless of that these two methods of cooling I don't think are as effective as a packet of frozen peas or even an ice pack. So another thing we can try is to elevate the leg to try and reduce the swelling in the area of the knee. And if you choose to do this, optimally your leg will be raised slightly higher than your heart. But if you do this, try and protect under the leg so that you're not extending that knee joint too far and putting further pressure on a knee joint that is restricted by inflammation. And be careful that your leg is directly in front of you I've had so many people in my clinic have hip problems because they've elevated their leg out to the side off the midline of the body 
and then the gluteal muscles have become particularly tight and cause other issues with their hips, especially those um, gluteus medius minimus muscles. So that's, that's um, covering quite a bit on inflammation and the things that we need to look out for and some of the things that we can do to help combat that inflammation. We also need to make sure that the patella, that's the kneecap, is tracking properly in its groove and it's not dislocated. The patella, the kneecap, is like a pebble-shaped stone with a V-shaped protrusion behind it and it tracks up and down in a groove every time we're bending the knee or extending the knee, straightening the knee, the patella will move up and down. We might need help from a physio or an osteopath to see if this patella is tracking properly and it's in the groove properly but we may like to take hold of the patella on both of our knees and give it a little sideways wiggle to see if there's any excessive movements in either of the sides or if it feels like the patella is not central and it's not aligned properly. We also need to make sure that it's not dislocated there can be different degrees of dislocation so it can be blatantly obvious that there's a dislocation or it can be a little bit harder to detect but once again we might need a little bit of help with this as it's a little bit more technical now this part of checking the health of our knees is my favorite it's looking for tightness or trigger points in the quadriceps muscles. We have four quadricep muscles. These are the main muscles of the front of the thigh. These four quadricep muscles all converge into the patella tendon, which attaches distally to the knee. Now, there's often a lot of tightness on the lateral quads, and that will be just at the junction around the iliotibial band. There's a lot of lateral support for the quads, but not so much medial support. So we need to release this lateral tightness and even out the pressure on all the four quads so that there's no disproportionate tension or pulling which could have adverse implications for the knee as we've discussed in the previous segments of this podcast. So if we're looking for trigger points in the quads, we need to palpate the quadricep muscles and we need to see if there's any hard or less malleable areas in the quads. These are often quite tender to touch and painful and they're known as trigger points. Releasing these trigger points can cause referral pain in other areas, which is quite common, and the quadricep area is very nerve-rich, so this can actually be quite a tender area. So we do need to warm this area up very well before we embark upon releasing tightness or releasing any trigger points in particular. 
If you're trying to do this on your own without the help of a sports massage therapist, it can be a little bit trickier. So we might need to employ the use of some gadgets to help us. So a foam roller would be very good in this instance. And my favorite brand is the Trigger Point Foam Roller, of which I have no affiliation with Trigger Point, but I love their products so much and they're such good quality and they really do work very, very well. I've had my orange Trigger Point Foam Roller in Cyprus for, it must be about eight years now, and it's still in absolutely great condition. The foam hasn't perished at all. It hasn't discolored. The hard insert hasn't popped out. So it's been well worth the investment and it's lasted me this entire time without any issues. So I do not hesitate at all when I recommend you purchasing the trigger point foam rollers in particular. Now, what can we do to, to release the quads with the foam roller? Well, we can adopt that half plank position. So we're resting on our elbows, face down, and the foam roller is underneath the quads. And we can move up and down, applying pressure to the quadricep muscles, that's the front of the thighs, from a few inches above the knee to a few inches beneath the hips. So we can scoot up and down, releasing these quads, maybe 15 to 20 times up and down. It might be quite tender, but if you persevere and do this fairly regularly, that tenderness will subside. When you find a particularly tight area, after your tissue has been warmed up, you might like to hover on that area to see if you can get the area to release a little bit. This will be like a type of neuromuscular technique where we're actually re-educating the nerve to stop eliciting a pain response, which in turn allows the muscle to relax. So after we've stopped on any of the tender areas and the pain has subsided and we've done this along the entire thigh, then it might be time to point our toes together by pointing our toes together we're actually rotating the legs and this rotation is going to allow the lateral aspects of the quads to be foam rolled more effectively so now you can follow this procedure for the lateral quads now too and likewise you can do this for the medial quads by pointing your heels together instead of your toes but it's most likely going to be the toes that you need to point together because I've yet to find someone that's had so much medial tightness in their, in their knee, um, especially if our sport isn't um, a bodybuilding, weightlifting type of sport. We can also use a massage stick. Once again, go for the trigger point range. The massage stick is so effective. For releasing the quads, you can sit down and you can bend your knee and then you can take the massage stick which is like a rolling pin made out of better material with rotating chambers and now you can roll it up and down your quads laterally towards the outside across the central part of the quads and medially across the inside of the of the quads and you can 
use this to um, roll out any particularly tight areas and this massage stick is so good because you can regulate the pressure that you use there are special um, shapes across the roller so you can actually use these shapes to help with some of the release of the tightness in the tissues and I, I just think it's such a good thing because it's not as painful as the foam roller and you can pinpoint where you're going to use it a little bit more precisely now if you don't want to do any of this on your own then elicit the help of a sports massage therapist because they're so experienced if you find a well-trained sports massage therapist they're so experienced in warming up the tissue finding the trigger points or the tight areas and employing a number of techniques to help release the tissue and then giving you stretches and other home care advice relevant to your legs at that particular time so you can't beat the input of a sports massage therapist and their hands-on work really Another point I'd like to make about releasing the tightness in the quads and why it's so important is that if there is tightness in the quads it can restrict the way that the knee is working. So what is the job of the quadricep muscles? The job of the quadricep muscles is to extend the knee. Now if there's excessive tightness in any part of the four quadricep muscles then this will restrict the way the knee is operating so that can put pressure on the kneecap and it can start to maltrack the patella so it can also cause a restriction in the extension of the knee because maybe it won't be so easy to extend the knee or maybe we'll start to use our leg a little bit differently because the quads are so tight that it's affecting the biomechanics of the leg and of the knee and consequently could also be affecting the way that we're using our hips. So if we don't make sure that we've released the tightness in the quadricep muscles, it could have impact of quite a serious nature for the knee if this is left unchecked in particular and if the tightness goes on for a prolonged period of time. It's not just the quadricep muscles that we need to release. We also need to release any tightness in the hips, and that would be the psoas and the iliacus, the two main hip flexors. It could also be tightness in the lateral glutes, the gluteus medius minimus, tightness in the TFL, the tensor fascia lata, which is the muscle that's actually in charge of the iliotibial band. And we also need to release tightness in the hamstrings and tightness in the calves. Now, why do we need to release all of this, all of these different muscles, just because we have some knee issues? Well, the leg needs to work in an optimal manner so that the biomechanics of the leg and the hip are not altered. And we may well find that our movement patterns are altered quite heavily when we have knee issues and we might be modifying the way we move and then we might have 
patterns of tightness that could be restricting or obstructing the way that we're using our legs and our hips in general. So to facilitate our knees, we need to release all of these surrounding muscles. Also be aware if there is a knee issue that our knee may not be working properly, which may mean that there is not a full extension of the knee. If there's not a full extension of the knee, the hamstrings may be partially contracted, even that tiny bit, just enough to become hyper tight, which could be further restricting a problem with extending the knee. If our hamstrings do get locked into a bit of tightness, we may well find that then there's also tightness in the calf muscles. So we just need to release all of this just to give that knee the best chance it can to recover and to have proper range of movement and proper function. Now let's talk about glutes. This is a very interesting part of the podcast for me. I have a medial meniscal tear, a severe tear, and I realized recently that it was affecting my glutes, especially on the same side as the knee injury. Because my knee is not extending fully, when I'm walking, it's restricting the extension of my hip in turn. So just be aware that when we have an injury in one place, it can affect another part of the body. Because when I'm walking, my hip is not extending fully, my gluteus maximus has started to waste away on the side of the knee problem. So it's important to do glute exercises to counter this. I particularly like all those old fashioned Jane Fonda style glute exercises with the kickbacks and the extensions for the gluteus maximus and all the lateral movements and the fire hydrants for the gluteus medius and minimus. It's really important to keep this muscle in, in optimal condition. And if you want to see if there's any wastage, a simple check is to stand side on to a mirror and see the shape of one buttock compared to the opposite buttock check to see if it's as fully rounded, if the shape is the same, or if one glute is a little bit more shallow, if it's not as fully rounded and it's not sticking out as much. And this might be something that you need to work on. I had this drawn to my attention when a friend once had a conversation with me where they were joking about whether I'd had a drink or two because I was actually walking in um, a little bit of a lopy kind of odd movements and and it was visible even to a lay person and they asked if I'd had a drink or two and I came home and I couldn't work out what was going on and why they'd said that and I realised that my knee was causing my walking gait to become so altered it was visible to others. So we really do need to keep those glutes nice and strong to counter any of the issues with our walking gait.
So which activity are we able to do safely when we have a knee injury? Well, it's going to be one that does not upset your knee anymore. So you'll have to try your sport and see if there's any increase in symptoms and whether you have a good range of movement still. So can you still sit on your heels in a kneeling position? Is there any more pain? Can you still extend your knee? Is there any more inflammation? Is there excessive tightness in the quads? All of these things we have to bear in mind. So my go-to sport when I have a flare-up in my knee condition is to swim. And I love doing the breaststroke. And that does not upset my knee at all. In fact, it does exactly the opposite and it facilitates my knee. It gets rid of any fluid in there and it always makes my knee feel better. But you might not be the same. So you'll have to try swimming and see if it helps your knee or if it upsets your knee, particularly if you like to do the breaststroke as well. Now, what about running? This is a big question that I have in my sports massage clinic frequently. Can I run with a knee condition, with a knee injury? Well, you'll have to try and see, and you'll have to remember the three T's, not to do too much too soon, too fast. So if you stand any chance in running through your knee injury, you'll just have to make sure that you're limiting your distances, that you're not running too fast and that you're having lots of recovery time between runs and that you're employing all of the strategies that we've spoken about so far. And, and that's the stretching, the foam roller work, the massage stick work, the inflammation reducing work, the VMO building up tone work, all of these things you'll have to um, add to your program to help you to be able to do the activity that you want to whilst either limiting the impact on your knee or stopping any adverse impact to your knee. So it's one of those things where you have to try it and see and keep an eye on it. You might even want to start making notes in your diary as to which activity you did and what the outcome was for your knee. Think about having a pain scale rating, zero, no pain, 10, absolute agony, so that you can start to build up a pattern and you can use information to help you work out what helped your knee and what made your knee regress a little bit. So with this activity is just um, relevant to each person You'll have to try and see, but you do have to be very mindful that you're not making your knee worse and you have to be true with yourself because none of us want to not do our favorite activity, but if it's having a poor impact on your knee, then you do have to review what you're doing. And you always end up at the end of the day having three choices. You either don't do what's aggravating your knee and let's face it, who wants to do that? That's so boring, but sometimes it's necessary. Or you do your activity, but you modify it in a way so that you can make it manageable. And that could be reducing the time that you're training. It could be looking at reducing the impact of the activity that you're doing. 
for instance running on a softer surface to try not to jolt the knee so much or you could carry on but then you have to do lots of damage control afterwards so you'll have to do more stretching more icing more releasing the tightness in the quads to try and offset the damage which therapies have you tried to help your knee there is a plethora of therapies that we can go to for assistance we can have osteopathy physiotherapy acupuncture sports massage there are lots of things that we can try so what have you tried to date to help your knee with its recovery and have they worked there's always the one therapy that suits us better than the other and it's good to give each therapy a chance to work on its own rather than mixing them all up at once how do we know which one was the most effective if we're using all therapies at once? And how do we know if there's an adverse effect to a particular therapy or we're just not getting on with the therapist in question either and their ideology around treating a knee injury or their methods? So have a go at trying different therapies to see what works for you and then that can be your go-to therapy when you have a flare-up of your knee condition. You might also need to seek medical assistance from a professional such as an orthopaedic surgeon. They will be able to conduct a full assessment on your knee with a variety of physical tests to see what the problem might be for your particular injury or they might even initiate you having an MRI test done, which will give them further conclusive information about what's going on within your knee. If you have good muscular tone, some of the results of the manual physical tests can be a little bit harder to come by. For instance, when I had my physical test done, um, particularly for cartilage tear I passed the assessment and my particular orthopedic surgeon um, didn't believe I needed an MRI because I had actually passed the assessment and um, I pushed for the MRI because I was sure that something was wrong with my knee and indeed there was a severe medial meniscus bucket tear bucket handle tear in my um, right knee and the orthopedic surgeon was quite shocked but this just goes to prove that if we can keep an injury safe as possible by building up the muscle around the injury and making sure that we have as much functioning as possible of the knee then some of these issues can be offset so I think personally I think it's very telling that I passed the physical assessments and yet I had a severely torn medial meniscus 
So uh, that gives me more confidence in some of the treatments that we can do that are less invasive, really. There are some other things we can do to help our knees too. And one of my favorites is kinesiology taping. Kinesiology taping is a type of elastic therapeutic taping. And it's those brightly colored tapes that you see on all the athletes on TV and in videos now. They're very, very popular, the kinesiology tapes. Now you might need to go in the first instance to a sports massage therapist or an osteopath or a physio to have help with your kinesiology taping. But once you learn how to do it yourself, as long as you abide by a few basic principles, it's a relatively safe thing for you to do on your own. And the benefits of the kinesiology taping are that you can use it in a creative manner to help support the area a little bit. For instance, if your VMO muscle, your vastus medialis muscle is a little bit undertoned, then your iliotibial band side of your knee may well be drawing your kneecap laterally. And some creative kinesiology taping methods can help to give your knee a little bit more medial support or in the event of lots of trigger points and tightness in the quads the kinesiology taping can be used to help lift um, the tissue away from the muscle a little bit to give the fascia and the muscle a little bit more room and to take the pressure off the tendons too so that, that's something to really look out for because I think the kinesiology taping can be very effective in these cases and if your kneecap has deviated slightly your physiotherapist can also help you with some static taping so some fixed taping um, and that will typically be with tapes like zinc oxide tapes where they can really help to draw your kneecap more medially to stop those lateral structures taking over and deviating the tracking of your patella. The fixed tapes are a little bit more uncomfortable and they often leave a sticky residue and you will probably need to have those um, re positioned by a physio um, once or twice a week if you go for this method and it's a lot more uncomfortable but that's something for you to discuss with your physio if you're going to be trying out these techniques or with your sports massage therapist if they've done the relevant training for these. So what are the benefits of kinesiology taping? Oh, well, the benefits of kinesiology taping are not scientifically proven, not that I know of anyway, and they certainly weren't at the time that I did my training for kinesiology, elastic therapeutic taping and fixed taping, but it's thought to help support the area. It's thought to help stabilize some injuries. It can have a neuromuscular effect and it can help lift the skin and help the fascia and assist with circulation and it can help with lymphatic drainage as well. 
I also believe it can help remind us that there's an injury that we need to be mindful of and that we need to have respect for. And I believe that it can help keep the area a little warmer. So for instance, if we're running in the winter, it, maybe it will help to keep those quadricep muscles a little bit warmer and help them to do their job a little bit more efficiently and thus taking the pressure off the knee a little bit too. So I hope you found this helpful. Those are my ideas, my experience and my findings from my busy sports massage clinic here in Cyprus and from my time in London too. And I've also been battling my own demons with my own knee issues over the years as well as I've mentioned throughout this podcast. And I feel like it's given me an even more effective aspect to my treatments for my clients too, because I've experienced these problems firsthand and I've managed to rehabilitate my own knee to the point where I've actually run three full marathons here in Cyprus. Um, so I, I do believe that there's a lot that we can do to help us when we have knee injuries and that maybe we need to explore some of these options before we head off and go for more aggressive treatments. And I have to admit at times I've wanted to have more aggressive treatments myself. I've wanted to go for surgery, but the outcome of surgery is not guaranteed. So I think we owe it to ourselves to try and see if we can rehabilitate a little bit pre-surgery to see what kind of impact less invasive measures can have and whether we can restore some function to our knee naturally in a more natural way. But there is, there are a lot of options and there is a lot of scope for surgery to give us a, a better outcome for our knee injuries, but it's not guaranteed. So I hope you found this podcast helpful. If you have any questions, do get in touch. You can contact me through my webpage, limasolsportsmassage.com. I'd love to hear from you and perhaps you can share your experiences with me and it might give us more food for thought. We can share what's worked for us and what hasn't worked for us and we can help each other. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to my podcast. It's been lovely having you with me and I hope to catch you on the next one soon. Take care and all the best. Bye. So thank you and goodbye from me. I'm Eva Evangelou from Limassol Sports Massage and this podcast today was about what we can look for when we're checking for knee health and it's part of my new series of Eva's Wellness Tips. Thank you so much. It's been lovely having you with me. I appreciate your support 
and I hope to see you soon again on the next podcast. Thank you, bye.